0: So many memories have come flooding back. I put
1: this on repeat, just crying my eyes out. It made
0: me feel so bloody alive. This
1: song really nails the feeling of nostalgia for a
0: place. And we all just stopped talking and just stared at the radio. Like, what is that? It's part of the noble genre of songs by women about masturbation. I love it. I love love that song so much. Out of the Box. Meet people through their music on FBI. Hey there, you're listening to Out of the Box on FBI Radio 94.5 FM, DAB or streaming online in podcast form. This is the show where we spend an hour delving into the songs and the stories that have shaped the life of a wonderful and accomplished guest. My name's Isaac Ortlip, your usual host. Mia Hull is having a splendid time traveling abroad right now, so you'll be with me and a very special guest for today's episode We're broadcasting to you from the unceded land of the Gadigal people. Today's celebration of songs and stories that have shaped the life of our guest occurs upon land on which the Gadigal people have gathered to share a lineage of song and story that stretches millennia. Redfern on Gadigal is a significant site for storytelling and music, from stories and songs of the dreaming to stories and songs of resistance to colonial Australia. The sovereignty of Gadigal was never ceded, this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Our guest today is Will Lotta, Logie-nominated actor who stars as Aaron Matheson in the Binge original Love Me. His journey to where he is at right now, which is really just the beginning of him, is one defined by commitment, passion and creativity. We're going to take a wide lens to Will's journey to understand what got him to where he is today We're going to chat about his role as Aaron in Love Me, season two of which was just released in April, and a couple of the other roles on Will's resume. He's been devoted to this from a very young age. And he's also got great taste in music too, so we'll be hearing a bunch of amazing songs that were super impactful on his life and shaped him into the precocious actor he is today. Will, thanks for coming to FBI. (laughs) You couldn't have said it any better, man. Thank you so much that's so nice of you yeah you're very welcome i think um we may as well start from the very beginning with you dude let's go can you pinpoint the moment when you first fell in love with acting
1: Ooh, that's hard Mm, i don't know i you know i think it, it i think it was a subconscious thing for me through films um that my parents had shown me since i was you know a fetus really you know it was just watching whatever was shown on the television myself being so you know captured by what was going on on the screen um but not fully understanding that i was so obsessed over this thing that was movies and and what um you know actors do on screen um but, you know that was just a major influence for me as a child was just literally watching films every single night you know whatever was on screen i was just like what is this this is amazing um but you know uh, and until i um i guess started you know doing classes and 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 through um you know high school and and doing drama and and doing acting classes outside of school um I think my parents had this, um, notion that this is something that I was pretty much taking quite seriously and something that I really wanted to, um, you know, look into because, you know, I, I, I was a child that, um, dressed up in a different costume every day. That was kind of my thing and that was what I was kind of known for on the streets was the kid with, uh, a costume every day. And, you know, I, I, I even tried to do it to school as well, but, you know, uniforms were the thing. But, um, Yeah, I just loved playing characters as a child and um, being someone I wasn't for, you know, a day because, you know, a child's imagination is so um, broad, you know, that's what I kind of strive for in my work today is um, how I always used to do it was just in my backyard, you know, pretending to be Peter Pan um, and not even pretending to believe in I was that character. So... Yeah, that's when I thought, you know what? And when I found out that you know one can get paid to do that, <laughs> I was like, let's get it, basically. So yeah,
0: that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Peter Pan, but do you have any other aliases or characters that you really stepped into and um, made your own?
1: Mm. Spider Man was another one. I mean, every child had a Spider Man costume, so it was like you cannot not want to. You know be Peter Parker Um, yeah Peter Pan was a big one for me Um, Captain Hawk as well I always wanted to play the villain as well you know you can't just play the hero there's always got to be a bit of evil in there as well so yeah
0: that's great so I get the feeling that your family really nurtured this um, blossoming passion of yours coming up yeah how did your family dynamic um, help you to get to where you are today almost
1: well, my family've always been really supportive of what I've been doing and I'm you know very very lucky for that um you know there's never been a question of of why I want to do it it was always like look if you want to if you want to do that thing then just do it you know and um they were sort of the influence for me to even try and get representation as a child um I guess or as a young man they were like is there something you'd want to you know step into um and put your feet in the water and I was like I'd love to and can we do it now? Um because, you know, I was just a little flame wanting to be this big bonfire as quick as possible. So, yeah.
0: What age was that when you when you felt that sense of urgency and um, um, readiness?
1: Around 11 or 12. Um I, I I got my first representation at around 12 years old um through um just through my parents and 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 that was, you know, mainly being a child, I wouldn't say a child actor because it was more for me, it was, you know, starting really from the bottom in commercials and, um, you know, extra work and and, and all that type of stuff to get, you know, to get to the platform, I guess. So, yeah.
0: So, you get to a stage around 11 or 12 when you start to get an agent Mm -hmm. and are booked as um, an extra in certain fields. Yeah. But you also started to do... I guess DIY filmmaking and uh-huh. uploading it onto YouTube and stuff. Yeah, what was that, or how was that experience of like creating your own little things and doing everything and piecing it together yourself? How influential was that upon you?
1: I mean, you know, a big a big part for me is I've always wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, you know, I'm very much into um, the visuals of things as well. Um, and that's, of course, the other part of movie making, which I've always been interested in is the making of it. Um, and so for me, you know, when I wasn't doing some commercial or I wasn't, you know, um being on some type of brochure or something, you know what I mean? As a young kid, I'd be making, you know, crappy films with myself, doing impersonations and and, and posting them online to my friends just for some kind of attention because I guess every actor is just wanting attention at the end of the day, you know? Um, But, yeah, it was my way of keeping in the craft and keeping in the fun of it. You know, I always wanted to be around it and you know i always wanted to be doing something involved in filmmaking or putting on a voice or you know pretending to be someone else that was always my thing um so yeah you know what it didn't go that far with the youtube but that was i think that was a child that was a child dream to just um get noticed noticed on there but um yeah it was still very fun at the time i can say that if that answers the question i guess
0: definitely and I guess that's kind of the golden age of YouTube in and of itself <laughs> when it was super DIY. It yeah. wasn't controlled by ads yeah. or anything else like that. It was yeah. real, real like organic and young and...
1: Were you, were you a YouTuber as well, were you? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Fantastic. Um, classic. I think we all were. Do I
1: think we all were definitely. That's yeah. for sure. Yes. Yes. I think some of us just put it on private. <laughs> some of us put it on public like myself
0: yeah do you still um go back and watch any of those videos
1: hell no you won't catch me dead watching any of that stuff no chance man i can't even watch anything of myself including me as a young boy no way fam
0: (laughs) (laughs) so um we're going to continue on with your journey as an actor through your youth in just a sec Mm -hmm. but Right now we're going to switch over to a track of yours that you've picked one that's particularly prominent to your early days mm-hmm. as a young actor yeah. um it's by rodriguez can mm-hmm. you tell us about it
1: six day rodriguez i listened to a lot of him as a child um my parents had a huge influence on i guess my taste of music um which i'm actually really lucky for because they had great taste and still do to this day um and Rodriguez was an artist that I'd always heard in the background at home all the time. I just it he had a he has a voice to him that when I still hear it to this day, it's very um, comforting and it it gives some sense of nostalgia and homeliness to me. Um, and there was like a big time period where I think we just stopped listening to him, and then it was only you know, five or six years ago where my dad was playing it on a speaker and I asked him, I was like, what, who is that? And he's, and he's like, um, it's Rodriguez. I'm like, well, <laughs> have I heard this before? He's like, yeah, of course you would have heard it before. I was like, oh my God. And it just kind of, from then on, my, it just broadened all the music I'd heard from him it just went like like I was like who is this man why is his voice so beautiful he is like an absolute poet Um, and yeah this song that I've chosen today Crucify Your Mind is just um, it reminds me a lot of my childhood and um, yeah it's a beautiful piece so and you claim you got something going something you call unique But well, i seen yourself pretty showing As the tears roll down your cheeks
0: Rodriguez with Crucify Your Mind on FBI Radio 94.5 FM You're listening to Out of the Box with Isaac Ortlip joined by a special guest, actor Will Loder. We have been talking about his early days as an actor, finding his passion and sort of kindling that flame. Will, can you tell us about how you made a jump from your YouTube DIY and extra work days into larger roles?
1: I was doing a lot of um, background work for, I think, a a big time period, a couple of years really, um, where. You know, it's hard to it's hard to make a leap as as a as an unknown actor, and and to be um, seen, you know. And that was really tough for me for a lot of years. Of I had, you know, quite a, a huge amount of self doubt with myself, and 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 um, trying to get noticed and for people to want to cast me really or give me a job. But you know, I did, you know, quite a long time of just being an extra and and being on commercials and that was the thing and you know it was always someday I'll get to some point where someone will notice me um and you know at some point it did happen I kind of just kind of got the lucky ticket um and a great man called Owen Trevor who directed um my first film Go um noticed that in me and and he saw something in me that could um I don't know be a spark that could light something bigger than that, you know what I mean, and um, I'm very blessed that I got to meet that man, and that man um, saw something in me, but um, yeah, I, you know, I only I only got my first debut role until I was 16, you know, and started at like 12, so it was, you know, a long time, and um, I think, you know, for myself especially, I think I'm still quite lucky and... I wouldn't say it came easy to me. I'd worked really hard to get that role and, and to get to that point. But, you know, it, it doesn't take um, a day or a year. It takes a long time. And, and still to this day, you know what I mean? It doesn't just happen like that. Um, but, um, yeah, that it was a long time of waiting and waiting. And that came along and kind of uh, changed everything for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Before we get to go mm-hmm. and... Owen Trevor and your relationship um, with him and that first film. I want to talk about, we'll stay here in Mm -hmm. this period of, I guess, tribulations and the discouragement and, I guess, the self-doubt that you were speaking of as a young teenager, um, teenage boy trying to um, stay committed to your passion when a lot of people might be telling you it's not what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. How did you stay committed through this time
1: just believe in myself i think that's like people would think that's a really corny thing to say but at the end of the day it's like the only person that's going to get it done is me you know what i mean i can't i can't rely on anyone and and you know even during high school um it, you know drama wasn't a subject that wasn't it wasn't frowned upon but it's just no one really cared enough you know what I mean and and I went to a school where it wasn't the main thing it was more um, you know athletics and sports which was their main go and so when it came, comes to drama the subject I'm like we don't care um, and it was so important to me you know as a child and it still is um, and it's something where I just had to remain true to myself and whatever happens and whatever i do it's like as long as i'm enjoying what i'm doing and you know during high school it was always like that was my subject and that's probably what i put the most effort into and you could see in the results when i graduated at some point that's where all the um the marks came from was that subject and i wasn't surprised i was like you know what it's because i enjoyed it and that's why i still do but um yeah, if that answers the question, I think definitely. Yeah,
0: what was it like when you you got to that juncture point at the end of school, mm. and you're deciding what you want to do for the rest of your life potentially? Was there trepidation, or did you did you just jump straight into
1: it? Well, I you know I did, I I I, I got I got that breakout role while I was in high school actually. Um, was so it was really weird, and I I remember that. Um, I was told that I shouldn't do it, you know, it was recommended that I would just keep doing my studies instead of doing this random film that, you know, people just thought, you know, wouldn't really go anywhere, and I was still, you know what, stay true to myself, I have a gut feeling that's like, come on, this is what I've wanted to do for so long, and I've been like just getting rejection after rejection for years and the tears and everything, you know. Um, and for an opportunity to come and for someone to say, we want you as a, a, as a lead role, I was like, you know what? You know, no thank you to school. I'm going to go make a film, you know what I mean? And do what I love, basically. Um, and it was the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> thank God. Um but yeah, it, there was a lot of, there was trepidation, you know what I mean? It's like once you get into the real world and I'm still learning things about the industry, um, you know, there's a, it's it's a crazy industry. It's very cutthroat and beautiful and, you know, there's a lot of hot air and, and um, um, creative um, things about it, you know, there's good and evil about it. But um, yeah, I'm just enjoying the ride really, yeah
0: so tell us about that first major role go Mm -hmm. you head over to wa to film it yeah what was that experience like
1: that was that was like what it was you know that was a very much a pinpoint in my life of like here i am you know i i spent a lot of time learning about how sets work as an extra um i think that was my homework was just watching how a set works um I remember being on um i i i was a background actor on uh fury road on on mad max and um i just remember being on a on a Proper Hollywood big budget set for the first time. You know, I'd always just done small extra work in in, uh, TV shows or short films. And when I got into this set, I was like, wow, this is like, this is something else that I want to be a part of, you know. Um, I think I spent less time listening to the third AD telling me where to stand and more time listening to George Miller talking to the leads about the scene, you know, it's in itself. So by the time I got to the set on Go, I already knew who the script supervisor was. I knew what the best boy, the grips were, you know, the cinematographer, DOP, you know, all the, all these roles on the set. I just already kind of was like, I know what I'm doing, you know. Did I know how to uh, break down a character and um, work, you know, throughout three months of, of doing scenes? No, that was a process that came later on um and and through every job that i've done that's a learning process of you know what it means to work with the character and how to nurture that character um but it was yeah the best experience i've had i had such a beautiful crew um we shot in some amazing places on set um owen trevor who directed it is an amazing man um that yeah, I just, yeah, I loved every bit of it. And it was such an experience for me and such a learning curve um, to, I guess, where I am at this point. So, yeah.
0: Everything started to, after the release of Go, mm-hmm. started to slow down a bit. You get the pandemic coming in the same year Go yeah. is released. Yeah. Starting to feel like a bit precarious in the whole world, but especially like the film industry is yeah. completely shut down. Yeah. So you spent a year at Nida. Mm-hmm. How pivotal was that year at Nida for you and your career?
1: Look, I I I sort of, you know, after I finished that film, I I felt like I I needed more training, I think, for myself. You know, I I I just thought there was a part of me that needed to uh, you know, I I for the next opportunity, I wanted to be more prepared and and wanted to be as professional as, as possible. And I felt as though uh, you know, maybe going into some study might be the thing I needed. So, um when NIDA came around it was, you know, a great opportunity for me to I think find myself a bit I think I, you know, I was quite lost in a bit what am I doing still and, and what what type of person do I want to be and I think that was an opportunity where I, you know, I had time to think about what I want to do in this industry and, and how I want to present myself. Um but yeah, it was it was a big it was a big self identity year of uh, of learning. But you know, a weird time during COVID as well. It was yeah, it was really crazy.
0: Was a lot of it conducted online as well? A lot of it
1: was conducted online. Yeah, so you know, like we'd be doing like three months worth of improv through Zoom, and it's like this is this this does not this does not work. This, you know what I mean? We need to, uh, but it's like, what can you do? You know what I mean? There's nothing else. We can't go in, you can't you can't see people and when it comes to like acting and training, it's like the last thing you wanna do is be on a Zoom call, you know what I mean? But that's just it is what it is, you know, at the end of the day and you just gotta just gotta take it.
0: Well, coming out of the pandemic, you have landed a number of pretty good roles. Um we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. But right now we're gonna switch over to a song. Uh another key song that was pivotal to your life and your journey as an actor this one is by wu-tang clan can you tell us about (laughs) this one?
1: yes um like what is there not to say in a way i don't even need to give them an introduction but only to say that they are my favorite um group like, artistic members, you know, they are... It's the Wu-Tang Clan. What can... Like, you know what I mean? What can you say about them? Um, I mean, for me, Cream, which I'm about to play for you, this song introduced me to hip-hop. I found out this song when I was around 15 and it sort of changed my life in a way, you know what I mean? It's influenced me so much, Uh, hip-hop itself and rap. Um... And what it's done for the culture, for people, I, I guess for the world, um, I think hip hop is everything to me, and it's something that I I use in my everyday life, and it's made me who I am. Um, and Wu Tang Clan is just like, it's just it. They they give this this grungy, gritty, like so authentic vibe to their music because you know they're just they're rhyming about their their childhood and where they're from in Staten Island you know what I mean and 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 they're, they're come up in the industry it's so like raw and each member has their own style and character to them you know what I mean and it's I just love them so much so Cream I guess um, cash rules everything around me Has to be done So Isaac, please
0: You're on FBI radio Strong language so for this one Cash rules everything on around
1: join. me Queen get the here money Dollar dollar yo I grew up on the crime side The New York Times side Staying alive was no job At second hands Moms bounced on old man So then we moved to Shalun land A young youth They're rocking the gold tooth only way I'm beginning to york was drug lord. And let's start it like this, son. rolling with this one. Wu Tang yeah, Clan with
0: Cream up. there on FBI Radio 94.5 FM. As picked by Will Loder, actor and our guest on Out of the Box today. One of his favorite songs of all time. Will, who's your favorite Wu Tang Clan member?
1: You know what? It changes like monthly. Um. And I'm keen to hear yours as well, man. But I'd have to say Ghostface has always been my favorite. It goes between Ghostface um, and The Jizzer, for sure. But um, hey, I don't discriminate. What do you? What about you?
0: I'll still impartial to that, but I, I definitely respect your picks there. Yeah? For sure, for sure. <laughs> so we were just talking about the pandemic era mm-hmm. of your life, how you continued to act through that period, um, yeah. going to NIDA and all that. Yeah. Coming out of the pandemic in 2021, you began to film Love Me, um, starring role. You play Aaron, a real sensitive and emotionally deep character. Yeah. And you w- eventually went on to be nominated for a Logie mm-hmm. um, for your role as Aaron. How did you land this role?
1: Ooh. I basically just hounded... My agents to get me it. Um, uh, yeah, I I I I think I made certain that this is something that I really really want this this character. Um, and I'd heard raving things about the the Swedish original series, um, and that you know they were going to adapt it into an Australian one, um, and we were going to use our own Australian into this into this beautiful show. So, when, you know, the roll the role came around the corner, it was something that I was really wanting. Um, and eventually, when it came around, it kind of... It was within a couple of um, weeks, we were just shooting it. Because actually, we were still... We shot that still during COVID um, when Victoria was in lockdown in that really gnarly period. So, it was kind of weird going out of lockdown... And then it just jumped back in right after I got cast. It was really hectic. And, and Warner Brothers, um, who had produced this, they were really trying to get this show done, you know what I mean, and get it out there. Um, so we, we kind of shot that series during a peak time of COVID. We were one of like four projects that were able to shoot. So it was bloody gnarly, that's for sure.
0: So Aaron is someone who wears his heart on his sleeve, What was it like for you to get into his shoes and to embody Aaron?
1: You know, because the first season was such a weird time for me and everyone. I think it was a really... um, Yeah, it was a really harsh period. Um, Obviously, we'd been going through COVID um, in Victoria. Um, I'd been going through like a breakup in the first season as well in my personal life. And when it came to like the first or second scene of properly being Aaron, because, you know, you do all the rehearsals, if you get the chance, like a good three weeks, it's still kind of hard to tap into the character until you really sit and jump on the set. That's when you can feel the atmosphere of who this person is. And so by the first or second scene for Aaron, I sort of already felt like we'd known each other and it was this weird moment where I think the both of us had an understanding in in each other's pain. Um, Yeah, I was in a really uh, dark period in that first season um, personally and um, he sort of helped me get out of it and blossom in a way um, because what he goes through in this show was so relatable to me even though I hadn't had that experience. There was a energy and a feeling from where that came from that i could connect with um which made him so special to me and and something that i i really wanted to nurture Um, yeah so he's a beautiful character i mean all three of these characters are you know they're very layered and 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 they're sort of like an onion, you know what I mean. You keep peeling pieces away, and and, and there's just heaps to it, um, you know. But um, yeah, yeah, I love I love that character so much.
0: I feel like he's very representative of a lot of Gen Z men yeah. who are sensitive, mm-hmm. but maybe have trouble um, understanding love as yeah. a skill set and yeah. as a practice. Uh-huh. And what I found um, really compelling about the show was the relationship between Aaron and his father, Glenn, Yeah. and how Glenn, uh, as this super gentle and kind yeah. um, baby boomer yeah. generation yeah. person, is really able to nurture and guide Aaron, mm-hmm. um, not always like so directly, but passively at times, but yeah. he leads by example. Um.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Because Aaron is one where he's so open about his feelings, but at the same time tries to keep them close to him so he isn't um, affected. And, and Glenn, his father is one that is like a huge teddy bear. And, and Aaron is you know, I think over the two seri- uh, seasons that we've done he is always so conflicted as to how he's feeling and what it means to be in this emotion. And I think Glenn has been such a influence for him to be able to just be open. You know, because I think he's a rare character, um, especially for a male um, who is open with their feelings at his age. And for me, Aaron was supposed to, I guess, symbolize part of the youth of now, uh, you know, you and I, you in in our in our early 20s, where, you know, young men should be able to express their emotions and there be no negative side to it because... What is there to be negative about it? You know, he he is one that he doesn't really think about, oh, I, sh- I should keep this to myself. He's like, you know, apart from the situation he's going through, he's just letting it out and going, this is who I am. You know what I mean? And that for me was like beautiful. And I loved every bit of that because it's like, that's how we should be portraying young men now because we've had such a long period of showing masculinity on screen in australia i mean you know to the broader the the world as well but for australia it's about being this tough man that you know doesn't show much and is always conserved and and to himself and and does not you know in what a lot of people would say is be weak you know what i mean and i was like screw that and and i loved what you know the swedish series had done they've been like no nah, we're just gonna really show you what it should be in a way and and how men should really um portray their emotions so yeah
0: absolutely what was it like to work alongside the very accomplished actors that were on the show as well you got hugo weaving um playing glenn oh, Aaron's father yeah. bob morley mm-hmm. Bojana, novakovich mm-hmm.
1: it was it was a ride you know these people um you know hugo especially is such a titan um And uh, such a, like, warm person. He's the most beautiful man, but um, an actual master at his craft. And he'll probably hate me saying that. But um, I genuinely would say that he is um, one of the greatest actors, uh, Australian actors ever, um, like, by heart. And I would treat every moment with him... um, just with everything I would soak in you know every scene with him because he would he is one to give you everything in a scene um uh he is so vulnerable and so giving to whoever he's working with um and that's something I try and strive for in in, as an actor is to be nurturing and um respectful of one another and in working with other actors you know what I mean he is just amazing um but you know, a lot of a lot of our cast um, are just great actors, and I was like really nervous at first because it was like, oh my god, all these people are so great and have such beautiful characters. How can I try and um, even level with that at least? Um, but as soon as we, I would work with Boyana and Hugo and Heather and um, Mitzi and Shalom it just kind of threw out the window. We were just doing a scene and, you know, being these characters, you know what I mean? Everything just kind of went out the window. Um, yeah, it was amazing.
0: We're sitting down with actor Will Loder on Out of the Box to talk about his journey to and life as an actor. We're going to go to Will's third song that he has brought us today. This one's by Kendrick Lamar, Will. Can you tell us about it?
1: Again, I don't need to give him an introduction, even though I will. Um, Kendrick Lamar, one of the greatest artists of all time, full stop. You cannot tell me any different. Um, what do I say about him? I mean, there's everything to say about him. And also, I just want to let the song um, play for itself. It's an interesting one that I've picked. I've I've chosen a song from his recent album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Um, and specifically this one, because... It means a lot to me what he's talking about and and Kendrick, especially in his recent album, is so open and vulnerable vulnerable about his own problems and if you listen to this whole album itself, a lot of it is about his issues in the past um, and a lot of it is going into you know his relationship with his partner his relationship with the culture um, with rap itself and hip hop and um, his relationship with the world and politics, um, which always kind of bled into this album. But this one especially, um, just, you know, it just, it, you can feel the emotion and the pain in the lyrics that he's rapping in and he's singing in as well. Um, it's just a, it, yeah, the, it's a very emotional song for me. Um, and yeah, I thought it, it, it's meant a lot to me over that period actually um, and it makes me look back on those uh, on on my time on love me especially as well um, so that's kind of why I've picked that one today so yeah i chose me i'm sorry i chose me i'm sorry i chose me i'm sorry
0: ...on FBI Radio 94.5 FM or streaming online via the podcast. That was Kendrick Lamar with the track Mirror, taken from the record, Mr Morale and The Big Steppers. I'm joined by Will Lotta, actor, who is starring as Aaron, Aaron Matheson in Love Me, season two of which has just been released... I want to know, Will, and sort of related to this Kendrick Lamar album, mm-hmm. a central theme of which is mindfulness. How do you stay mindful as an actor?
1: That's a good question. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> How do I stay mindful as an actor? I say I say it a lot. It's just being true to myself and, and sticking to my gut, I think. Um, and, not, and not so much trying to be... Surrounded by the noise, and and you know, I I love my independence and 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 the quietness of my headspace sometimes, and it can be loud at times. But um, yeah, I I, I just try and stick to my own gut, and whatever that's saying most of the time, I've always gone with, and so far it's been, it's been okay. So I uh, yeah, you know, and I guess as well, music is a great one. I use it. In everyday everyday life, I don't. It's weird when I'm not listening to music, actually, and and it's such a integral part of my job um, that I'm constantly listening to a track. Um, yeah.
0: How does the way that uh, I guess you and the whole cast of Love Me explore love as a theme? Um, how does that evolve from season one to season two?
1: Well, we we left off. I guess with everyone sort of with a bow and tie that's kind of been uh, it's been it's been kind of tied up and uh, I think for Aaron especially it's uh, it's an open book really where we left off in season 1 um you know the first the first season we're really diving into um what it means to grieve and what it means to have a loss um and what does change mean for an individual and for the second season it was really like about i've now have love how do i keep it together you know what i mean how do i keep it and protect it as much as possible when there's all this outside noise that happens and of course when life happens how do i keep this thing that love is together um and for aaron you know he's got a new set of responsibilities, you know. He's now going to become a father. Um, He is now in a relationship and, um, you know, he's got his work as well that he's trying to succeed in. And so, a lot of it is piling on top of each other and he's trying to figure out how I can just keep this all together in one ball without it spreading, you know what I mean? I want to keep it very clean and and together, you know what I mean? I want to um, make sure having this, this, this newborn goes well and I'm a great father and and I, I, I want my girlfriend to feel secure and that she's loved and that I'm doing my best at work as well and there's all these things that are coming together and it's kind of making him pull his hair out a bit and um so, yeah, it's been an interesting one actually diving into, you know what I mean? And it's brought up a lot of things for me that I didn't think that I would have this season especially, so, Yeah.
0: For your role as Aaron, you were you were nominated for a Logie in twenty twenty two, the Graeme Kennedy Award for most popular new talent. Tell us about that whole experience attending the Logies, being nominated. How was that? It's
1: pretty cool. Yeah, it was kind of a bit random. Eh, like I just didn't really um, I just <laughs> didn't really expect it to be honest. Um, but it was it was really humbling and 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 um, I guess. It was nice to be noticed and and nominated it was really um yeah i was really humbled to be um recognized um for that category um and you know we were the most nominated series at the logies that year which was amazing um and it just kind of like we were all kind of chuckling and hugging each other and um yeah doing a lot of crying at at how much you know had gone into doing that show and Um, and how much we succeeded from it, you know? So, yeah, it was, it was really random, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very humbled.
0: Yeah. Love Me has been a massive success. You should be very, very proud. We're going to go now to one of your favorite love songs Mm -hmm. ever Mm -hmm. by, um, the legendary Sade. How does this one make you feel?
1: Love is stronger than pride. I think that's something I need to tell myself more regularly. Um. Can I just say, Sade is like... I have this thing about Sade. When I think of her, I just think of like drinking a bottle of champagne in like a really, really warm bath or something and just listening to her amazing voice. She is like so angelic. I still have a massive crush on her. But this song, Love Is Stronger Than Pride, she is talking about... You know i don't know exactly who the person is or what it is she is exactly speaking this volume to but you know this song has so many interpretations but for me it, she's you know she's talking about how at the end of the day it's just love at the end of the day you know it, it it transcends everything and it dominates everything um and you know as much as there is noise and there's so many things going on in this world um love is just gonna be the end point you know what i mean it's what human beings are designed with and we're so lucky to have that and this song is just chef's kiss so yeah i hope you enjoy this (laughs)
0: I want to know for you, Will What's on the horizon for the near term?
1: Ooh I think just uh, Trying to make some quality stuff, you know I mean Love Me is such a great example And, and such a good um, it's, a, it's such a great show and I, and I just want to keep making stuff um, as good or even better. Um, and it's hard to, because it's, it's, it's so good. Um, but yeah, for me, it's really about just, um, you know, looking for good directors and good writers and, 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 and working on some, some really quality, um, projects that come along. Um, because right now there's some really good stuff out, out there that's, that's, that's coming. And, and so many, um, actually a lot of newcomers, um, that are coming through this industry, which is is really exciting and something I really want to be a part of, and 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 people I really want to work with. So,
0: we've been speaking about the songs that have been most impactful and influential yeah. on your journey as an actor. But is there any art or film or any other like creative medium that is particularly inspiring to you right now?
1: Um, photography is a big one for me. I, you know, I think it, just uh, most creative things are just. Um, me and that and that's what I like to surround myself by, and by people that um, uh, are involved with these things, you know, because they're all connected in some way. And photography um, is something I've always been into. I, you know, I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a big visual learner, and um, and uh, I've always just been taking photos of anything, really, because you know, you know, taking photos, you're really capturing something that it can't be captured ever again you know you're, you're you're taking you're taking something of a moment and that's really special to me and so yeah it's always been important to me and and um it's the same with um filmmaking as well which is something hopefully um i can have the team for and 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 have the uh, a project that can come about which i can be a part of that i want to um share really but um yeah
0: Will, can you tell us about the final song you picked for us on Out of the Box?
1: This track is by Gurumul, um, Yana Pingu, um, yeah, Gatumawula. It's, um, it's an amazing song that, um, you know, the thing is, I don't even know what he's saying. He's obviously speaking in his, in his native dialect, um, and I think Gurumul's from Elko Island, just off the coast of Arnhem Land. um, and again it's it's he's an artist that my parents have played since I was a child um so he's a very he has a very familiar voice to me um but he's got a very emotional a uh, voice um that i think the thing with me with Grummel is that it speaks different languages even though for me i i don't understand what he's saying but it's the emotion in his voice and the way he pronounces um the language is like just unreal and it's beautiful um and he's such a beautiful man and um yeah I, I i wish he was still here today to be able to keep making music but what he's left us is just magic so yeah um this is yeah one of my favorite songs and um i'm very happy to be sharing here today with you isaac so
0: yeah thank you very much and thank you for coming into fbi today i've had a very uh deep and i guess wholesome discussion talking about love your journey Mm -hmm. um and of course all the music that has shaped you into the person you are today yeah so yeah thank you for coming in
1: my pleasure brother
0: if you're listening in right now this is out of the box on fbi radio 94.5 or streaming online via the podcast this has been an episode with will lotter featuring me isaac ortlip Covering for Mia Hull this week. We're closing with a track by Gurumul, picked by Will Lodder. This track is called Gathu Maula, FBI. <laughs>